eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown! Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And hopefully by the time you are listening to this, we will have about 12 hours, maybe less, until we have Packers football on our TVs that we are able to watch. We have made it through the entire offseason, and we will now get a chance to see our guys in green and gold in San Francisco. And, you know... You know, you might argue that it's just preseason, but that's okay because that means that we are this much closer to the regular season. Perry, how excited are you? So excited. (laughs) Love preseason. No, I mean, preseason has, I think it gets a bad rap. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. like, ah, just give us the real stuff. But there, there are some legitimate, um, importances to preseason. Um, I think we will probably touch on them in this, in this episode, I think, top of mind for me is second preseason but year three really of Jordan Love and he's been getting some pretty positive reviews coming out of camp around his development and so it's always really nice to see that in game time even if it is just against second or third stringers potentially since we know at least we knock on wood hope that he will not be playing much in the regular season. Yeah, I love preseason, and maybe that's weird, but I always, like, do my roster predictions, and I did this before I even, like, had a Packers podcast, before I wrote about the the Packers. I've always tried to predict a 53-man roster, like, by myself as, like, this nerdy kid that liked football. So it's always fun for me every year to have, like, a rolling spreadsheet or rolling Google Doc of, like, who I think is going to make the 53, and then seeing how it changes after each preseason game or if it changes at all. So... Got the doc ready, and we are ready to go for uh, this first game. But let's start with the offense, Perry. You kind of mentioned it already, Jordan Love. We And I guess we talked about this pre-show. We're hoping that Danny Etling doesn't really play at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> not a single snap, please. That would be silly. That would just 
not benefit anyone besides Danny Utling. So sorry, Danny, you're getting the short end of the stick. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And you know, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but he had the COVID season. He had the injury last year, so he didn't get to play as much as we would have liked, you know, by all accounts about Jordan's uh, interview. I mean, sorry, injury. Yeah, and I mean, by all accounts, this is his first, this is his best camp from what we're hearing from, you know, the reporters that are there on the sidelines every day. And year three is really when you start to put it all together. Aaron Rodgers made the comment about how it took him three years behind Brett Favre. So I'm expecting, you know, there will probably be growing pains, as there always are. You know, he's not going to come out and look perfect, but I'm just excited to see Jordan Love play Jordan Love's brand of football because I think we're so used to seeing Aaron Rodgers' brand of football so even if Jordan Love, you know, throws a couple more picks, I just want to see his brand of quarterbacking. And I think we're going to see a lot of that against Yeah, him. I think it's for me, like the way he is interpreted and kind of internalized Matt LaFleur's book and scheme, mm-hmm. because Matt's comments, I think for me, were the most, I mean, I love hearing Rogers heap praise on him, but hearing the coach say, you know, he's just more decisive. He's more comfortable. He clearly just like knows what he's doing and it's less thinking and more going with his instinct, if you will. Like now to me, I'm like, okay, let's put that at game time speed and see, and just see how it goes. Um, Cause this is a critical year for him. And it's a critical year for the Packers front office to decide what they'd like to do with Jordan love. And this is really like, these three games are his time to say, just like show the world, like this is who I am. This is how much I've developed. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he looks much, much better than last season by like a mile. And I don't mean that simply because that's what reports have been saying out of camp, but it just seems to be that the year three leap is a real thing. Um, And yeah, I just, um, I think it'll be fun to see what he can do. Now, obviously, he's not going to really be operating with much of the first string offense. Um, so there, there is always like an asterisk there. But it'll be fun to see him play with some of the younger receivers who, if he theoretically is the next quarterback for Green Bay, like potentially those are the players he would be playing with in like two, three years time. So there is an element there, too. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a good point and to talk about some of the weapons that he will have. You know, we've heard, obviously, he's getting acclimated with Dobbs already. He'll play Amari Rogers. You can imagine he saw a ton of last season on scout team. Juwan Winfrey and Love had a really big connection, you know, going into last preseason. So it's, it's fun to think about, even like if we look at tight ends, Josiah DeGuara, they were in the same draft class. So there yeah. are a lot of guys that Jordan Love is going to have kind of at his disposal, and we know his best friend, AJ Dillon is not going to be playing most likely on Friday night, but still a lot of options. And like you said, it's, it's going to be fun to see how he operates with his offense with guys that he arguably could have a better relationship with at this point than Aaron Rodgers because these are guys that Rodgers hasn't spent too much time throwing to, but love has. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, you mentioned them. So why don't we go, go to the wide receivers next? Um, just, Dobbs, Rogers, Amari, Winfrey, Toure, Davis, Hyman, 
unknown if Malik Taylor is healthy enough, so potentially. But I think, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, everyone's eyes are going to pretty much be on Dobbs and Rodgers. Um, of course, the rest of them, you never know, could make a push for a potential last-ditch roster spot or, or practice squad. But those two, for me, are the ones that I want to see the most. Um, obviously, Dobbs is getting all of the hype. So, again, you want to see someone like him in game-time speed, um, against, you know, non-Packers defenders. And then, of course, I think everyone's going to have their eye on Amari Rogers' development. Yeah, Peter Schrager actually this morning on Good Morning Football had Romeo Dobbs as his number one player to watch in his top five for this weekend. Like, that is the rookie that he is most excited to see. The list was Romeo Dobbs. What? Yep. Uh, Brees Hall is on there. Jordan Love is also on here. He came in at number four. So I guess it's not rookies, just players he's most excited to see. But, like, George Pickens was on here at number five. So the fact that Romeo Dobbs came in as number one, given all the hype that he's had in camp, you don't want to put unrealistic expectations on a fourth-round draft pick, but it really seems like the hype has just built around this young receiver. I think it's just that, like, the question of who's going to be the number one in the Green Bay offense is still hasn't been answered yet. And everybody, you know, everybody's ears prick up when Aaron Rodgers is giving praise to a rookie wide receiver. Like, that just doesn't happen. And so I think that people take notice. Um, I've also heard his name thrown around as, like, late-day sleepers that you could potentially get a really nice ROI from in fantasy. So that one doesn't surprise me at all. Obviously, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, and, like, it seems like he's going to get his reps um, no matter what. But being the number one for Peter Schrager to look at, that's that's kind of a big deal. He's obviously earned it, right? Like, I think the the hype is there because he's been making plays consistently every single day. They don't. The hype isn't around you know nothing but I do think that the game and again like I'm gonna go back to game speed I think a lot is gonna really showcase whether somebody blossoms under that environment or if they struggle yeah and I mean I think you know we've talked about it I think we talked about it even last week with Aaron Rodgers he doesn't hype guys up just for the hell of it like he's very pointed with the way that he says things you've got Alan Lazard giving him praise you've got Randall Cobb two guys that won't be playing but will be on the sideline kind of coaching up the young guys so it's really excited to see him make the most of his opportunity you mentioned Amari Rodgers already dropped weight really curious to see how he does because we're assuming he's going to be primarily in the slot given that's kind of the role that we envisioned him having when he was drafted. So thinking he'll get a pretty significant amount of reps, honestly, because he probably is the most true slot receiver of the young receivers that you listed already that'll be playing on Friday. So probably the two I'm most excited about and Juwan Winfrey, you know, Aaron Rodgers gave him a shout out. He's going into another year with the Packers offense and guys like him and Toure are going to really push the Packers to keep seven receivers on the roster. That would be so crazy. It really would be. Um, running backs, you and I have actually talked about offline a little bit, and I think you know it doesn't surprise me at all that Jones and Dylan are not playing. I think that would be silly. Um, it is a shame to me that like guys like Dexter Williams and Patrick Taylor are hurt and can't get these reps because I think those are the two players that would. Um, make use of them and value them the most. But I am really looking forward to seeing Goodson and Baylor out there. And then, of course, they brought in Dexter Williams, which is a funny little TBT. 
Yeah, Dexter Williams, I mean, we talked about this when he first got signed, that it really just seems like he knows the scheme really well. He had a presser uh, after practice yesterday, and he basically said, like, this is the team that drafted me. I'm really comfortable here. Matt LaFleur's offense taught me how to be a pro in the NFL, and I took it with me when I went to the Jets and the Browns, and I took it with me at the USFL. So to come back here feels like home for him, and he's excited to be back with his guys in an offensive scheme that he really likes. So I do think he'll be the third guy, especially because, you know, yes, he's been in the system, but hasn't been as acclimated with the new playbook, but should see a ton out of Baylor and Goodson. And I think what's going to be really interesting is the opportunity that these guys are going to have behind this offensive line, because theoretically we know the starters aren't playing, but this could be the week one offensive line that the Packers brought out with Aaron Rodgers. You know, we don't have David Bakhtiari. We don't have Elton Jenkins. So how these guys perform and how the running backs are able to perform with this quote unquote starting offensive line is imperative. I could not agree more. And I think the only starter two starters that you'll have out there it looks like are John Runyon Jr. and Myers. But the rest of the three spots, like it's been all preseason so far, is really up for grabs. So I totally agree. And and those two things really go hand in hand, right? Like how the running backs do is oftentimes like very indicative of how the offensive line is playing. Um, and so the better both are playing, uh, better for, for all the players all around. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, too, if we look at, like, a guy like Josh Myers, because, yes, he's the starter and he will be the starting center for the Packers, but he's going into a second season and he only played in six games in 2021. So these reps are just as important for him, arguably, as they would be for a lot of these young guys. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Mike Spofford and Wes Hodkowitz have a podcast for Packers.com called Unscripted, and they said that if David Bakhtiari can't play, their assumption is that Yash Nyman is the starting left tackle. He's earned that opportunity. But if Bakhtiari were to come back and start the season at left tackle, they think Yash is a lock for the right tackle job as well. They think he's played well enough in camp that he's earned the opportunity to be a starter at either tackle spot. And they're just testing out other guys in case, you know, that's Yash is needed at left tackle. But their thought was that he has played well enough to have locked up that right tackle spot, which I thought was really interesting. That is really interesting because you can't just like seamlessly flip tackle positions, right? It's being able to do the same thing. It's basically being ambidextrous is what it is, is being able to do it all on your left side and the same thing on your right side. So that I think that just says a lot about Yash and in terms of his like athleticism and ability to learn like two very, very, very different positions, even though they're, they are along the same offensive line. I think this will be really interesting too for guys, two two groups of guys. One, guys who are like kind of teetering on the fence of whether they're going to be starters, you know what I mean? Like our Royce Newmans and our Jake Hansons who this isn't their rookie season and they've had some level of like starter time at some point in the last season because of injury, but they're probably looking to solidify that spot a little bit more than it is right now. And then there's the second camp of the rookies, right? Zach Tom and Rashid Walker and Sean Ryan, who are saying like, okay, where do I fit in on this line? Um, and there is a lot of opening, like we said, because we don't really know what Bach and Elton Jenkins timelines are, but the only two spots right now that are locked up are JRJ and Myers. And I guess, you know, potentially Yash with one of the tackles. So there's a lot of players vying for very few starting positions. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, we talked about this when Lucas Patrick left to go to the Bears. There's a lot of those, like, swing spots up in the air as well. You know, Zach Tom's been getting looks at left and right tackle. Jake Hansen getting looks at, you know, interior guard. Obviously, the left guard spot is locked up. Rice Newman getting looks at guard and tackle. So that's three players already who might not have starting jobs that will be on the roster as depth pieces. So if you're thinking about it, it's already like eight offensive linemen. So just kind of seeing how that depth ends up shaking out, I think will be really interesting. So any thoughts on, you know, the tight ends before we kind of shift, we touched on the rest of the offense. So quick thoughts on the tight ends before we move over to the defensive side of the ball. Not really. No, I mean, <laughs> I think Deguara has already shown he has a really nice connection with love. So I am excited to see that. I mean, he had his longest touchdown so far of his career 65 yarder when love was in with the lions so i think it'll be a nice moment for him to have somebody who he trusts and is comfortable with throwing him the ball and and just see because you really 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 hope and i'm almost feeling like the packers maybe are banking on deguara making some kind of development because they didn't draft a tight end and they didn't really bring in anyone like noteworthy not a big name I should say in free agencies so they've got to be thinking that they really like what they have in this group so we will see what they have in this group him and him and um Tyler Davis also yeah so let's switch then to the defensive side of the ball I know I was really excited to see the Packers first rounders out on the field but with Devontae Wyatt potentially having a concussion I don't think they'll really rush him into this first preseason game maybe maybe not so it doesn't sound like he'll be playing how did he get hurt no idea I mean especially if he's wearing one of those uh padded helmets that the defensive linemen have to wear yeah not sure but so we'll see a lot of Quay Walker though which is I think going to be one of the most exciting parts of seeing this defense on the field especially against a quarterback like Trey Lance who is beyond mobile it's going to be a really good test for this defense Yes. So do you want to start with DL? You want to start with linebackers? Let's just do, let's do the front seven. Let's just lump them all together. Lump them all together. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it is going to be really just a really interesting test to go up against a 49ers offense. Obviously I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going to be throwing all his creative juices out there in a preseason game. If you will, it's also going to be Trey Lance, who's still, early in his career still like probably learning the playbook but we know now that Trey Lance is their starter so this is a really 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 big game for him and if he ends up being good this also could be a matchup that this defense sees again right somewhere down the line in the season so not for nothing like this is gonna be an interesting it's just interesting to see who shows what this early on in the season. Um, Same with Joe Barry, right? I imagine Joe is going to throw out kind of a very base, simple defense, not like throwing some of his creative ideas (laughs) at Trey. Um, But yeah, I think like even regardless of the starters not playing, um, you're getting to see some reps from people that could make legitimate contributions during the season. I'm thinking, TJ Slayton um I'm thinking Jonathan Garvin and maybe like Tiba Hamilton um there are definitely guys up front that can slide into that third edge spot or the DL is going to rotate and and these are potentially like future starters against this team and we know Kyle's a run heavy uh run first guy if you will loves those creative runs everyone remembers 2019 (laughs) so it's gonna be a test for them for sure 
Yeah, I tweeted about it. We've talked about it on the show. Jonathan Garvin is probably one of the players that I'm most excited to see on Friday, and it's because we know he'll be going into the game likely as edge number one. Preston and Gary shouldn't play, likely won't play. You know, hope they don't play the entire preseason. I know Rashawn Gary said he was excited to, you know, put his hands on people, and I get that. Maybe he'll he'll do that against against the Saints at joint practice next week. Sure. But Jonathan Garvin had, like, a quietly successful year last year, and I I think we forgot about it because, you know, Z was out and then Whitney Merciless came in for four games and got hurt. But, you know, he played in all six or I guess not all at this point because there were 17 games last year, but played in 16 <laughs> games for the Packers with one start, had five hurries, four quarterback knock- knockdowns, one and a half sacks, 11 pressures, played 39% of defensive snaps. So I feel like if those numbers go up a little bit, that's what you'd want from that kind of third edge rusher. You'd hope that his sack numbers get home a little bit, but you know, we, you talked about Joe Barry and what his different front personnels have looked like. Um, we saw him utilize a four man defensive front with four defensive linemen, which is crazy to think about. So he's going to have some opportunities and I know TJ Slayton probably isn't like penciled in as a starter because you've got Clark and Lowry and Wyatt when he comes back healthy and Jaron Reed as your big four, but there's a lot of like backup, you know, reps up for grabs along that defensive line. TJ yeah. Slayton is probably the only guy I would think is like a roster lock. Yeah. You've got Jack Heflin, you've got Jonathan Ford, who the Packers just drafted. We know they don't like to move on from draft picks. So going to be a lot of competition there. Potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the depth, uh, like when you look at the Packers defense on paper, look at the starters, they're stacked, but the depth is still yeah. a question mark, which mm-hmm. is fair, right? Depth is what it is depth otherwise they'd be starters somewhere else so I think there is like I said these are the games where you're getting guys out there like you said Jonathan Garv is gonna be edge one and see what he can do when he's thrust into a role like that you know now that I'm thinking about it more I do think it is going to be interesting to see them go up against likely the 49ers first stringers at least for a little bit right Mm -hmm. I mean maybe not Debo or some some players like that but this is going to be I think majority the starting offense for the 49ers. So it's going to be an extra, like really awesome opportunity. Um, and you and I have been saying, like, I think all off season, like Jonathan Garvin just feels like the guy who's going to take that edge three spot. I know there were a lot of questions about, he wasn't there for some parts of like optional off season workouts. And he missed maybe like the first day of, of mandatory preseason, but so far he's kind of picked up where he left off last season for sure. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, too, about the 49ers offense and what they trot out because, obviously, as the Packers saw last season, it was a Jimmy G-led offense. And, yes, Trey Lance has had a ton of reps. He'll have most of training camp. But, you know, he's not the kind of starter that Aaron Rodgers is that has accrued 18 NFL seasons and can sit. You need Trey Lance to get in there and get acclimated with the offense. And it doesn't really do him any good if he's running the Kyle Shanahan offense with wide receivers that will make the roster. So as much as we think, like, why would George Kittle play? You know, maybe he's not the guy that plays. Maybe it's their backup tight end. But still, I mean, I think that's a really good point that this is a really good test for the Packers defense, which won't have many starters on it, to go against an offense that at least for a couple series will be the guys. I was just going to say, at least, like, maybe the first couple series – stretching it I think like if Debo and Kittle play it won't be longer than that but besides that like at least the first quarter and the whole game Trey will play I'm assuming um but I I want to talk about linebackers because you said something really interesting before that I want to touch on which is like 
very kind of playing around with different fronts. And I think, I mean, my hope really is that they drafted a guy like Quay Walker um, who can be used on the field at all times, no matter how many guys are up front. So I'm thinking like if you like, I don't know, want to send Quay and rush the passer. Like I think that's something that he can do and also maybe drop into coverage. So I just have heard so much about how he looks like your quintessential NFL player. You know what I mean? He moves like one. He's so big. He's so athletic. So it's going to be really fun to see him on the field against an actual offense. And I know Devontae Campbell isn't going to play. It'll be him and Chris Barnes. But Chris Barnes was a starter last year, too. So it's going to be like two starters on the field um, for a significant amount of time. And it'll be nice to see them kind of play off each other. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Packers fans are maybe a little bit spoiled when we saw Devondre Campbell because we weren't used to seeing that kind of speed and like that ability to get downhill that quickly at an inside linebacker, especially, you know, in Green Bay. So the fact that we'll arguably have two of them, maybe three if you throw in Chris Barnes as somebody that's athletic, that's one of the things, yeah, I'm really excited about, whether it's end arounds. You know, we I don't know if Debo will play, but knowing how creative the offense is with Kyle right. Shanahan and the speed that they have on that offense, really excited to see, like you said, especially Quay Walker, who was obviously the Packers' first first-round pick. The investment is significant. He'll have five years. Devondre Campbell has five years. Inside linebacker is Joe Barry's bread and butter. So the fact that he has two guys who can basically do it all, whether it is, you know, come down into the box, hang out towards the the defensive line and then get after the quarterback, or if they go sideline to sideline with tight ends, like in coverage, I, it's exciting to think about, you know, the packages that he can kind of dial up. Hey, Quay, go hang out with D-line for a sec. <laughs> just drop, <laughs> just drop down. Just drop down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I, I don't love putting too much, um, too high expectations on rookies, but I actually don't think that these are necessarily high expectations for Quay. I think he was drafted with the intent to do all of these things that Joe Barry wants to do. And um, I know, at least from the amount my dad talks about the Georgia defense, that he did it right at a very, very, very high collegiate level and won a championship. So I'm just, I can't wait to see him out there in his you know, Packers jersey and and see him go up against, yeah, first string offense. Yeah, so All right, now we get to go to my I was going to say, well, let's shift to your favorite. Let's talk about the secondary. Yay. Um, well, obviously, safety three is still like a who knows what. Um, so, yeah, huge opportunity, right, for guys like Davis and Vernon Scott and Tariq Carpenter, who was just drafted, who I know you and I are really excited about. Um Nixon, Shamar John Charles too. Like I've heard some really fun things coming out of camp with him lining up with the ones. Same with with Rico Gafford. So lot of opportunity here, especially like we said, you're going up against the ones with the 49ers. I don't know how much they're going to have Trey throw. They should have Trey throw as much as possible because this means nothing. But at the same time, like just really, really good opportunity to go up against um, a very good team. And to kind of show like who's going to fill in CB4 and who's going to fill in safety three, like those are legitimate roster spots that need to get filled and who are going to like probably have some pretty legitimate playing time too. 
Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say that there's like, and it's not like a point of contention or anything because I don't really believe that to be the case. But if you are a guy like Shamar John Charles and you think that you're in line for like some significant nickel reps, let's say, and then this off season, Rich Passaccia comes in and he's like, I'm going to bring in my guys. I've got Keyshawn Nixon who's coming. I've got Rico Gafford coming in. You know, there's probably a part of you that's like, no, I need to prove that I can play too. And, you know, whether it's on teams or whether it's in the secondary, like there's a lot of competition, I think, between, you know, the old guard of the guys that were already on the Packers and the new guard that Rich brought in to say like, hey, yeah, these guys are probably going to contribute on special teams, but they also can play plenty of defense. So not that it is like a competition to that extent where there's like, you know, any hard feelings about that. But I think there is that added level of like, who are the Packers going to prioritize in the secondary? Is it going to be the guys that have the familiarity on special teams or will it be guys like Vernon Scott, who the Packers obviously stuck by are really high on. He'll have plenty of opportunities to be safety three. And you can imagine with safety three will come a lot of special teams looks. So how they kind of make the decision for who's going to fill in those spots, you know, whoever it is has to play special teams. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, well, I think you make a really good point, too, because like this game is also going to have special teams play, right? So you're going to get your reps on defense, and then you're going to get your reps at special teams. And if you can put together a really nice package in both phases, then you're making a much better argument for yourself for making the 53. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have more? I know you have more thoughts on the secondary before we switch to special teams, so... I don't. I mean, I do wish that the starters were going to play like a, just a teensy little bit. Just a tease. Simply for my viewer <laughs> pleasure. And also, you know, it's been a while since Jair played, but I'm not surprised that they're not, um, especially like after what happened with Savage at family night. I can imagine they're being like very, very, very cautious. But um, I'm excited to see these guys. I mean, I am. I, I think there's the depth behind the five starters is a really thin mm-hmm. and there's been flashes here and there, but you got to find someone who can like kind of put it all together. Um, so we'll see who that is, but they have a lot of options. Like you said, Rich Pisacci abroad's guys and they have tons of options. So it's just about who makes the most out of their moments. And um, I think special teams is going to be a big one. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it is going to be interesting to see if there's a difference on special teams, right? Like is who's going to be at punt return, who's going to be at kick return, who's going to be up there, you know, blocking for whoever's kicking. Cause I imagine Mason Crosby is not playing. It just, all of it being put together. And if there's any, like, I don't know the way I'm trying to frame this, but you know, when there's any palpable difference, thank you. Like, it's more about like the way they go about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they're going into special teams with this kind of like dog mentality, or if they're the Packers of old who just are trying not to get hurt and don't really care. Yeah. So I love, I mean, Rich Versace came in and said like, we're calling it we fence. Like it's not special teams. It's, we fence like because you need all 11 of your guys and there's a new punter obviously we'll see pat o'donnell i'd imagine at some point unless it's like a barn burner of a game and the packers offense with jordan love puts up like 57 points (laughs) which would be great but you're right mason crosby's on the pup list so gabe burkich is their um backup kicker he's had an an on and off kind of camp i mean based on his numbers he's 
probably about 50-50, maybe, maybe a couple more hits than misses. But we know Mason Crosby is doing everything he can to get ready for the season. Um, really stupid observation, but there's only one long snapper on the roster now. There were two. It was Steve Wordle, the incumbent, and then Jack Coco. And Jack Coco is the only one left. So I'm really curious if the Packers you know, will like what they see in him or if they'll move on from him because long snapper has weirdly been like one of the most difficult positions for the Packers to find reliability at. It seems like something's always going wrong in that phase. So, you know, beyond those three, really excited, like you said, to to think about who's going to get looks at punt return and kick return, because that if, if it ends up being a guy like Rico Gafford and not like Amari Rogers, that's about the surest way for him to lock up a roster spot in that secondary. Yep. I totally agree. Cool. Well, we did it. We made it through. I'm excited. Football is back, baby. I know there's really nothing else to say, right? Like we're going to sit in front of the TV and watch the game. And some of us are going to drink beer and some of us are going to drink Heineken 0.0. And (laughs) we're going to enjoy having the Packers death start in front of us and just having football back on the TV. So definitely that is for sure. (laughs) but this has been the packs what she said podcast thank you as always for listening you can follow us on twitter at pwss podcast you can find us on youtube and twitch and instagram at packs what she said you can find perry on twitter at perry underscore goldstein you can find me on twitter at maggie j loney thank you as always for listening to the show go pack go go pack go and jones out in front they're trying to chase him down is back in town. The Green Bay Packers are